Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Mosa Duran, and this is Beyond the Kale, the podcast where people come to share their vegan stories. Now, whenever somebody finds out I'm vegan, I get all kinds of questions, including... How do you get your protein? Being vegan is expensive, right? Why'd you go vegan? What's your name? And the one that I get more often than I ever thought I would... How can you be Mexican and vegan? Now, to be honest, the answer usually depends on who's asking, because sometimes... I just don't feel like getting into it. But that ain't happening here. On Beyond the Kale, we're getting into all types of topics, including some that we as vegans often just don't talk about. Episode number five, coming right up. What's up, everyone? My name is Lorena Ramirez, a.k.a. Healthy Haina. I'd say my number one place to eat. This is a tough question, Jose. I have several, but I'd say my number one is Wild Living Foods in downtown L.A. That's my number one go-to spot. And my favorite item to order is the Aslan Bowl. Hello, welcome to Beyond the Kale, episode number five. That was Lorena Ramirez, also known on Instagram as Healthy Haina. Now, if you've ever come across her profile, you might know her as a food blogger who's held cooking demos and hands-on cooking classes. But Lorena and her brand are a lot more than that. In this conversation, we get into all the different projects that are keeping her busy these days. We also get into the evolution of her brand. And Lorena tells me why she views what others consider setbacks as experiences that she can use to continue building. And she also shares with us what led to her decision to adopt a vegan lifestyle and the role that becoming a mother played in that process. But to kick this episode off, Lorena breaks down what the name of a brand means and why it holds a special significance for her and others from her community. Check it out. What is healthy Haina? If you're not Mexican or you're not familiar with Mexican-American culture, Haina is a term used to describe a girl. It just means girl. My, one of my friends said it's like kind of similar to saying mamacita um, with Haina. You know, they're kind of similar. I, don't, I never saw it that way. To me, Haina is simply just a term to describe a girl. So healthy girl, healthy Haina. So basically when I started this account, I wanted to create a name that resonated with me and my culture. I remember I was walking down the street with my sister and I was like, I'm trying to think of like a, a name for like a food blog, um, something that would, you know, resonate with me and people of my culture. So I was thinking like healthy girl. And she was like, what about healthy sister? And I was like, no, that sounds, sounds kind of whack, healthy sister. And then, um, I was like, what about Haina, healthy Haina, you know? So that's how that name came about. It's so funny. I I started it like three years ago. And um, uh, recently I was like, you know what? Maybe I should change the name, but I feel like it's uh, a part of me now. So I don't really want to change it. Um, but yeah, that's that's where Healthy Haina came from. That's how it started. You said you wanted the name to kind of represent a little bit about you and, and where you come from in your community. Why was that important for you, for the name to actually resonate with not just you, but 
other people that look like you and come from, you know, communities and environments that you, that are similar to the one that you come from? That's a great question. Um, at the time, I don't recall seeing many uh, food bloggers of color, especially in the Latino community or Latinos in general. You know, when I first became uh, or transitioned to becoming vegan from being vegetarian, um, there wasn't many, there wasn't a lot of like Latino uh, vegan restaurants, Latino food bloggers in the vegan space. So that's why having that little Haina, the term Haina in uh, my brand um, was important because it, if you're from the culture, you'll know, oh, like she's, she's most likely Mexican, yeah. you know? Yeah. So that was really important to me because yeah, I want, I want people to know where I'm from or, you know, have a, have a sense of what my cultural background is. And I would love to see more people in this vegan space. It's interesting that you say that because uh, you said you've had that account for about three years now. Yeah. And that was one of the things that jumped out at me, just seeing that word Haina in your Instagram account, right? <laughs> Being a vegan, uh, you know, uh, Chicano myself. And, you know, it was very difficult to find other people that looked like me or had similar experiences uh, that I had growing up mm. that were having vegan experiences, right? So, so being able to find yeah. your account really resonated with me, even though, you know, that's so I'm, I'm not a girl, right? right. You know what it means. Yeah. As far as what, the type of content that you create, the type of things that you do with your uh, account. Can you tell me a little bit about that? How has that progressed throughout the lifetime of Healthy Haina on, on Instagram? Yeah, the evolution. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think primarily I, I was a, what they would call a ghost account where you just share pictures of food and that's it. Like you don't see the face behind the account. Eventually... You know, in the beginning, I was just sharing food pictures and recipes, and I had my uh, my blog that where I share recipes. And then, I don't know how I came about this idea, but I was like, why not have cooking classes? So, I offered uh, cooking classes. Um, I think my first, oh yeah, yeah, my first cooking demo. This was a cooking demo, not a hands-on cooking class. So this was just me simply demonstrating a dish. This was with Urban Outfitters, mm. and that was my first demo. Urban Outfitters has a brand where they sell like uh, home furniture, so they have a space in Hollywood, and that's where my space was. And mm. it was dope because um, they created a backdrop for me. Shout out to uh, Pinche Kid from Instagram. Um, he's an artist. He created an airbrush backdrop of my ID name, Healthy Haina, with like nopales on the side. Nice. That was really cool. That was my first experience uh, doing a live demonstration. And then from there, I was kind of inspired to um, host cooking classes. Mm -hmm. And I remember, yeah, at that time when I was doing that Urban Outfitters event, I was working at Wells Fargo, I think. And uh, I remember being so tired that morning. <laughs> and, um, but yeah, you know, life of a hustler, you know, like you just you make things work, right? So, and, and mind you, I have two kids as well. Mm. That really motivated me to be like, yeah, you know, maybe I should do uh, offer cooking classes. And so from there, I did that. I offered like a tamales cooking class and Northgate helped me out with that. And so I was very fortunate. I feel like I, I've just 
you know, whenever I say I'm going to do something, I just go for it, you know? So I went for the cooking classes and I took a pause on that because I realized I thought I wanted to become a private chef, like a celebrity Mm. chef. Yeah. So I was like, all right, let me re-strategize this. I started hitting up a lot of people uh, within the entertainment industry. I started with radio DJs because I was like, they're the ones uh, I should get to. So I was like emailing a bunch of people. I did get in contact with a few. I offered uh, private dinners for them. And, you know, at this time I was like, yeah, I want to be a private chef. Like, this is what I want to do. Yeah. But when I was doing these private dinners, trying to get my foot in the door, mm-hmm. I come to realize that it was not something that I enjoyed doing. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so I'm a firm believer in like, you just have to give it a try to really know if you really like it. Right. Yeah. And so I thought that was the way for me to, to find out. So I realized I didn't like it. I didn't like working, uh, cooking under pressure. Um, and so I thought I'm just going to be myself and share whatever I want to share on my, uh, healthy Haina account. So that's where we currently are now. I think, um, there's an exciting project dropping at the end of this year, um, that has to do with food. So I'm really excited about that. It's going to be dropping in stores all over. Yeah. And, um, that kind of like a huge milestone in my the food category of my creative career, I guess you could say. Yeah. But currently right now, like really just evolving and um, in many different ways. And I am also looking to launch like a new project that has to do with food as well. So more to come on that later. But Very nice. So feel free to say no, but is there anything you can tell me about that project that you said is dropping uh, later on? Can't yet. Got it. You, <laughs> got it. You know how to ask. <laughs> All good. So I'm I'm very interested in something there though. Uh, you said that you tried the the private chef thing, right? Yeah. I know that you know, kind of getting your foot in the door with that must have been, you know, a, a lot of work, right? It's not necessarily the easiest thing to walk up to, you know, uh, radio DJs or anybody really, and try to get that the ball rolling on that. And it sounds like you were able to. Was it discouraging at all when you realized that? that wasn't necessarily what you wanted to do after having invested so much time and effort into getting that going? No, um, no, honestly, no. You know why? Because I'm, we live in the internet age and there is no, absolutely no excuse why you cannot get to where you want to be. <laughs> like, um, my daughter right here, shout out vegan child. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so I think shout out, first of all, I want to shout out and express my gratitude to my uh, first intern, uh, Sochi Vargas. Because of her, I was able to have these cooking classes and then she was able to help me kind of just like send emails for me. So I would just like draft up an email, be like, hey, send this to this person, this person, this person. And just getting that momentum going yeah, really helped, especially with someone who was able to just like send stuff for me. But she helped me in the sense of like getting sponsorships for the cooking classes. But when that was over and I wanted to do that private chef stuff, I remember actually the first person I cooked for was not a radio DJ. It was actually a woman who was a millionaire. Oh, wow. <laughs> so funny. Yes, it was so funny how um, we met. I met her through a mutual friend randomly. Like I was just driving by a friend's house and she's like, oh, hey, here's my friend. 
Shut up and be a millionaire. And wow. so I remember asking my friend um, for that woman's email. She gave it to me and I hit her up. So she was the first person I contacted, actually, now that I'm remembering. Mm-hmm. I emailed her. I was like, hey, my name is Lorena. I am known on as Healthy High on, on Instagram. I basically share vegan uh, food recipes and my audience is mainly like Latinos. And I'd love to cook for you. Like I'm a, an aspiring uh, private chef and I'd love to cook for you. That's it. And uh, yeah, she got back to me. She's like, yeah, of course. So I recall going to her house. And uh, thankfully, one of my friends, shout out to Stephanie. She was actually a co-worker um, working at Wells Fargo at that time. We were both just like, I was over here cooking. Stephanie, there was like, what? I don't know how many people, like a good six people. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it was it was pretty stressful. Sounds like it. <laughs> but shout out to Stephanie for helping me because I didn't think I was going to need help. And she just offered herself. Like, she was like, hey, let me help you. So I was like, oh, thank you. Let's go. Very nice. Yeah. So I recall um, doing that first dinner. But to go back to the original question, um, was it discouraging or hard to get my foot in the door? I, I wouldn't, I would say no, because it was as simple as just emailing a bunch of people. And then if I didn't hear from, I didn't hear from some people like months later, but I would follow up like a month later I should have probably followed up sooner but it's all just consistency like follow-up and and that's the best way to avoid getting you know um, stuck in a rut yeah yeah Uh, another question I have on that were you seeking out only people that you thought may be vegan or were you just hitting everybody up no I was hitting everyone up I was actually yeah like I was actually I didn't really think of that that's a good question but um I remember hitting up George Lopez too (laughs) (laughs) shout out to george lopez i dm'd him actually i didn't email him he did see my dm but he never responded i also hit up nipsey hustle oh wow aside from hitting up radio djs i would also hit up just like celebrities who i thought would probably respond yeah yeah so like nipsey was all about his community he's dope and i know that he was into dr sebi as well and into Mm -hmm. clean eating yeah so i thought he was actually a perfect um he aligned with you know what I aligned with as well. Yeah, I I didn't necessarily have anyone in particular in mind or based off their their diets except for probably just Nipsey Hustle. Mm-hmm. Shout out to him, rest in peace. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And and I like that you said that you you know you, you went not just the emailing route cuz you never know. Uh you got to reach out to people any way you can. Got to make it happen. Yo, I just remembered I reached out to Snoop Dogg too. <laughs> Oh, wow. <laughs> well, he's doing all those beyond Shout commercials these days. I have a shirt. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's so funny. Like, it's such a such a cool thing to, like, kind of reflect on. Like, damn, I can't believe I I did that. Like, I was really hungry. I was really trying to get out of that Wells Fargo job. <laughs> and it sounds like you were able to. I was. I definitely was. Good for you. That's amazing. <laughs> Yeah, like I said, you got to do what you got to do. You got to you got to use whatever tools are at your disposal. And if a, a DM on Instagram is a way to do it, I mean, that's how, that's how I reached out to you, right? So, um, yeah, got to make it work. Part of the internet, you just got to. There's always a way. Like there is always a way. I'm a firm believer that you absolutely must create opportunity for yourself. And then when an opportunity presents itself, you um you say yes. One of my um. My good friend, she always says, like, you never know who's watching. So yeah. always say yes when an opportunity presents itself. Sometimes there's a level of discomfort, right? Like, sometimes it, you can get, you can feel discouraged. 
I, I didn't feel discouraged. I was just like very motivated and hungry. And I remember when I was having my tamales class and I really wanted Northgate to like help me out with it. I actually, oh yeah, I remember I hit a Vallarta too. Are you familiar with Vallarta Supermarket? I am, yes. Okay, so funny. I have a funny story about that too. But going back to Northgate, I remember um, I was in, I think I was in my like Wells Fargo work attire. So I was kind of looking businessy. And I went into <laughs> Northgate and I was like, hey, who can I talk to? Like, who's the head? head person in charge here so they pointed me to the right direction I went up to this man and I was like hey my name is Lorena like <laughs> I offer like vegan food recipes online I'm a food blogger and I would like to know I'm having a tamales cooking class I'd like to know if you guys would like to um, help me sponsor it or provide materials for it and he's like yeah I was like dope like that's all it took wow Just ask and you shall receive you know but with with absolute in, great, good intention and just gratitude and appreciation right so that was that's how it happened with Northgate and then super Vallarta supermarkets I remember I emailed them next thing I know I get a call from like their marketing director hmm. and he's like hey I saw your email it was brought to my attention we'd love to work with you and blah 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 I was like oh he's and then homeboy was like so cool he's like I was in a conversation I was having a conversation with people and I brought you up I mentioned oh, wow. your name, blah, blah, blah. So, like, it's so dope. If you know that you have something unique, like, people will definitely back you up, you know? So they'll mention your names in, in, in other crowds. So I'm just really thankful and um, lucky that I was able to just, like, make these connections. That's super cool. Yeah, that reminds me a little bit. When I was uh, still in school at CSUN, I was finishing up my thesis, and I was doing a, a short documentary on... Uh, Latinos in Hollywood, mm -hmm. specifically like how little representation there is of us and all that stuff. Anyway, I reached out to a bunch of different people, really wasn't hearing back. So I I, I went on Instagram and I reached out to, I don't know if you're familiar with the, the actor Emilio Rivera. Yes. Yeah. So I reached out to him. He, he replied, unfortunately he was busy, but he, he straight up replied and said, you know, I'm going to try to make it happen. You know, he was also in um in Sons of Anarchy and the Mayans, yes. right? Yeah. So I reached yeah. out to the Mayans actor, uh, Michael Lurby. He's like the the main uh, leader of the gang in in the Mayans MC show. I sat down with him for an interview oh, for my thesis. Sick, amazing. Edward James Olmos. Edward, Edward James Olmos. I was able to interview him for it as well. So he's a veteran. That's so dope. See, like that's so amazing. It's, You're right. You just gotta ask. You just ask. That's it. That's all it takes. Going back to your cooking demos, I'm very curious to know where do the ideas for the recipes that you were sharing in your cooking demos and even online in general. Where do they come from? And how do you choose which recipe you're gonna be sharing with people? It's just reflecting on what I eight from my childhood so that's that like you know uh growing up i'd eat albondigas i'd eat chile relleno sopes tacos all that you know basically yeah. all the mexican food my parents are from mexico so um i, I always love to mention that my mom she uh, i'm so grateful that she did not give in to like the frozen food uh cooking Mm -hmm. uh, she always made things from at least her salsa from scratch. I know sometimes here and there being a, an immigrant and then having children, it can be difficult to balance everything. Cause I have children myself. So whew, I don't know yeah. how she did it, but, um, but she would still try to find time to make food from scratch. 
Mm. And I really appreciate that now as an adult because I feel like when you, when you skip out on like how to make, how to learn how to make something from scratch, it kind of, you kind of like, there's like some sort of connection that is lost when you don't know how to make something from your, especially when it's a food dish from your own culture. And sometimes people don't even have the experience uh, of, you know, growing up with their cultural food because maybe their parents were too busy or didn't know how to cook, or maybe they're just from a different generation. Uh, In my case, you know, my parents were from Mexico. So thankfully I had, I grew up with like very authentic Mexican food. And so um, the recipes that I develop or share, I don't want to say that I develop because these recipes have been down, you know, been around for centuries. The only difference is that they're veganized. Yeah. So that's where the inspiration came from. Just like reflecting on what I grew up uh, eating. You mentioned there and, and, and we spoke about it a bit over the phone, how big of a role our food plays in our culture, right? Was it a struggle or is it still a struggle being vegan when we know that a lot of our culture revolves around certain types of foods and certain ingredients in those foods. All right, I'll say it like this. In the beginning, it was difficult only because being vegan was very new to my family, my extended family and my immediate family. So like all my mom would feed me when I lived under her house were uh, sopes. She didn't know what else to feed me, right? Um, And so... Then I was like, well, and I had a child at the time, right? So I, I was like, well, I have a kid now and I'm going to, I want her to eat my cultural, the food that I grew up eating. Mm-hmm. She's vegan, as am I. So I have to learn how to cook. <laughs> so um, I took it upon myself, you know, like, well, let me figure out what I'm going to eat, you know? what we're going to eat. It was a little difficult because I'm like the only one who really knows how to get down in the kitchen Mm -hmm. at that time. Um, My mom has improved over the years though. Thankfully, like she'll, she'll actually, she'll put some effort. She'll put a lot of effort. Shout out to my mom into um, cooking vegan food. And then my extended family, when we meet for the holidays, they're so sweet. They'll um, also put an effort to like make a a vegan dish. So I, I feel like for sure, my sister became uh, vegan first before I did. Mm-hmm. And I feel like with, with us, like we definitely influenced the family into eating healthier, which is great. You know, like once yeah. you change, you'll influence people around you, you know, so definitely, yeah. that's dope. No, I, I agree. And, and it's, it's interesting to me that you, a lot of the times when I have conversations about, you know, veganism or being vegan with uh, other Latinos or honestly, other people of color, I find that that topic comes up, the topic of family, right? And so even extended family. Again, it, it's it's really cool to hear that your family, even your extended family is really, you know, over the years taken steps to kind of embrace your your decision and, and go out of their way to make dishes for you that you can actually enjoy. Because I mean, you know, Mexican families are always getting together and finding reasons to celebrate. Yeah. And we got, we got to have food for that. Mm-hmm. So that's super cool. I mean, yeah, I remember announcing it to my family when we were at the dinner table. <laughs> this was—I was really young. I don't remember how old I was in my teenage years. Mm. Um, and I was like, "Hey, I'm gonna be vegan," <laughs> and they were like blaming my sister. What are you doing to your sister? You influenced her, blah blah blah. And then uh, my sister's like, "Well, she made the decision herself, you know." Yeah. And yeah, I did. And so they're like, "So is your child gonna be vegan too?" And I was like, "Yeah, why not?" You know. So um, definitely the first 
I think I'm the first family member to like raise vegan children. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty big. And if you don't mind me asking, why did you make that decision? What was the reason for you choosing to go? I know you said you were vegetarian first and then vegan eventually. So I went to this farm in Northern California and this farm is called Farm Sanctuary. And it's a shelter for animals who were safe from slaughterhouses or who mm-hmm. were just like abandoned. And so my sister invited me to this place. Um, and I was, you know, there were seminars going on. I wasn't really paying attention though. I was like, I was like what, 17? I don't know. And um, I remember though, there's one particular moment where I was chilling on the grass um, and the sun was setting and there was a pig right next to me huge pig like 400 pound pig <laughs> and i was just soaking the moment in and i was staring at this pig and then i was like i just observing the way it was blinking and um the way it was breathing yeah and i looked at it and i was like damn i cannot believe i eat you and from there i was like i'm not gonna eat meat anymore mm. that's the moment that made me change my mind right away Wow. Um, And mind you, prior to that experience, when Facebook was really popping, I was a young teenager, I would come across videos of like, you know, violent videos of like the animals being tortured. And I would see like one or two, but it didn't change my mind. It wasn't until I had that moment with the pig on at the farm where um, I was like, it clicked for me. Yeah. I had a connection with the animal. Fast forward, I was vegetarian for some time. Fast forward to when I had my child, I was 19. And, or I had her when I was 20, but pregnant when I was 19. And um, I recall, I think I saw this in like one of the documentaries of like, one of those popular documentaries of like the, the cows being milked, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, you know, when you have a baby, you can breastfeed the baby. And I remember how painful that experience was breastfeeding my child for the first time and then uh, having to pump milk out of my chest with machines. And then I was like, oh, my God, if I am having this pain, it was unbearable, unbearable pain. And I just thought I can't imagine what these um, female cows go through all the time. They're forced to, you know, produce milk with these machines attached to them all day. And I, I was like, man, I can't contribute to that because this is painful. Like woman to woman, I know it's a, it's an animal, it's a being, but I can't contribute to that. And um, also, I remember when I was delivering my child in the hospital, it was a painful experience as well. And in that moment when, when they took away the baby, they take away the baby to like remove, you know, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I remember hearing that when the female cows on the dairy farms deliver their their calves their babies are taken away from them yeah and so in that moment i had like a flashback and i was like oh my god i can't believe um i wouldn't imagine i can't imagine someone taking away my baby like something that i worked so hard for to deliver (laughs) snatch it like that it's my little being so my little human so um those two things those two situations uh that's what made me decide like yeah these children are going to be vegan Wow. And so that was never a question for you that you were raising your kids as vegans. No. And I remember when I was pregnant, though, during the pregnancy phase, um, I remember I was about to ask my doctor, hey, do you think it's OK to like because I, I, I didn't think I was going to be um, veg- vegan for my mm-hmm. first pregnancy. 
I remember I was about to ask the doctor if I if she thinks it'd be okay to continue this vegetarian diet as I'm pregnant mm-hmm. and raise my child vegetarian. Yeah. And I stopped myself and then I was like, wait, why would it be an issue? If you're vegetarian, you should be consuming a lot of veggies. How is that bad? How is that bad? Yeah. And what is the con of removing meat from your diet? So I asked myself that question. And of course, you know, if you're going to ask a medical doctor, <laughs> I don't know uh, what answer you're going to get. But I trusted my own intuition and my own gut. And so um, when I did deliver my first child, though, we became vegan together. <laughs> what has that been like? Has it been a bit of a struggle? Yeah. You know, raising your kid as as a vegan? For sure. In the beginning, it was a struggle. Um, like my parents wouldn't believe it. Mm-hmm. And my dad would try to slip in like pieces of chicharron, <laughs> which is dried <laughs> pig skin, if you don't know. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> or fried pig skin yeah. and um you know she's like a little baby like what's this you know <laughs> she, she wouldn't put it in her mouth um because i can't i'd catch him you know this is when i was living with them at the time yeah. and you know yeah you go you go through those experiences like it's tough like if you're living under your parents house and you have children like sheesh that's it's yeah. tough but um i mean over time we did eventually respect it because I was cooking for my child, you yeah. know? So it's like, there's not much um, you can do unless you want me to be mad at you. <laughs> I previously interviewed a children's book author. I don't know if I mentioned him to you. He's actually uh, in Philadelphia, but he and his wife are raising their son vegan because they're both vegan. He wrote, I actually have it right here. He wrote this book because his son you know, started going to school and people started asking him, well, why don't you eat this? And why don't you eat that? So they had, they had to explain to their son, right? You're vegan. And he didn't know what that meant. He just know that he just knew that that's how he ate. So he wrote this book to explain veganism to his kid. So I'm just kind of curious, yeah. have, have those questions come up with your, with your kids? Um, yeah. And if so, how have they gone? Yeah. So my oldest is currently attending school. My youngest has not experienced that yet. So I'm curious to see how that plays out. But for the first child, I don't think she was questioned. At least I don't know of. Uh, but she was going to school where, like, all the kids ate hot Cheetos. <laughs> and they had all that horrible junk food. I would always pack her lunch. Now, you know, like, tofurkey looks like turkey slices, regular turkey slices almost. Yeah. So there's not really room to question I don't think, I don't think she was questioned. I mm. think the only is the only like concern I had with my child going to public school and being vegan is that the food that the kids would eat around her would have an influence on her mm-hmm. because she's the only one who's different, you know? Yeah, yeah. So in the beginning she was homeschooled and then eventually I took her to like public school and that's why I was like, okay, well, we'll see how this goes. And she's still, she's continuing to go to public school and I do uh, pack her lunch and mm. I don't think it's any different. She doesn't, doesn't come home with, telling me anything. I was just curious as somebody without any kids, that's something I haven't necessarily thought of, right? Or experienced. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. And I actually did purchase um, like two vegan kids books. Oh, really? I did read them to her like twice. I Unfortunately, I don't read them, read them that often to her. But yeah, it's, it's like, it's our way of life. They don't know any different. (laughs) Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. Switching gears a bit, but still talking about books. I know you you published an ebook, correct? Yeah. 
I meant to bring this up on the phone the other day. I was trying to find it, you know, to buy it, to check it out before the interview. And I couldn't, oh, I couldn't find oh, it. Thank you. Appreciate that. So all you got to do is DM me. That's why you probably couldn't find it. <laughs> Cause it's not on a website or anything. You just got to DM me. Okay. Straight so I, 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 hustle. I will definitely be hitting you up for that link or whatever. Cause I definitely want to buy it. Um, but yeah, tell me a bit about it. You know, where, where did the idea come from and what is it? Yeah. You know, one of my goals has always been to release a physical cookbook, um, with, the healthy Hannah style, of course. Um, I think the aesthetic was really uh, known for like the nails and the jewelry. And um, I, I don't have a lot of pictures on my Instagram anymore of those images, but I do have them in the ebook. Hmm. So I just wanted something that had my flavor. That's it, really, because um, I'm all about the, the aesthetics and, uh, and the culture, right? Like, yeah. it's my culture. So I just wanted something that I can take a look at and be like, oh yeah, that's cool. Like I resonate with that. Like the cover is bandana and mm. uh, the the inside is like purple and purple backdrop with the food and the nails show and some jewelry. I just wanted it to be my, with my own flavor, like literally and figuratively. <laughs> is there one particular recipe in that uh, ebook that you would say to somebody looking at it for the first time, that's the one you got to make first. The choco quinoa bowl. Really? Um, it's actually, yeah, it's actually a healthy uh, breakfast recipe. Look, I would consider it a healthy one because it's not really centered around Mexican breakfast. It's just like regular vegan, you know, like mm -hmm. the typical vegan, healthy vegan food that you see on other food blogs. It's kind yeah. of like that. I got the French toast, the acai smoothie, um, chocolate quinoa bowl which is my favorite it's very wholesome i try to go for like a little more wholesome approach with this ebook but you know i would love to eventually publish like a hard copy cookbook of like authentic vegan mexican food we're talking and like mexican street food we're talking like bambasos tacos huaraches mm -hmm. all that you know the good oh, yeah. stuff <laughs> Um, and I, I'm assuming you, you grew up around, obviously, right. You, you grew up around the culture. Um, and you just said it, it was in your ebook and everything. It just, the aesthetics, your culture is all through like your, your Instagram page and everything. Uh, you know, tell me a bit about why it's important for you to highlight those aspects of the Hell culture yeah. in your the brand. The way I talk, the way I move, <laughs> I mean, everywhere I go, man, like I, you know, I attend board meetings sometimes and there's like all these white people and I'm out here representing, you know, like I think being authentically yourself um, and being proud of your culture is really important. Yeah. So, I mean, it is me, like it is me, you know, like you, you, you get what you see. <laughs> and, and what is it? What, what do we see? What does that look like? For I know you mentioned it a little bit just now, but what is what exactly does that look like visually when when somebody's like either hopping on your page or looking at your ebook or anything? Man, I don't know. I guess you could. I don't know. Like honestly, I've always had a struggle with like being like a food blogger or an influencer because I'm just like, yo, I'm just being myself. Like I don't. I'm not out here trying to chase clout. I'm mm. just <laughs> being me posting what I want I'm not necessarily like trying to follow a particular um you know formula here I yeah. just want to do what I love creatively 
and um, I want to make sure it's a value. Whatever I put out, it helps someone, helps people. Yeah. And I want to be able to be myself and actually, you know, maybe thinking like longer term, I would just love to, for my kids to reference um, something like when I pass on, I want them to be able to, you know, raise their children and be like, oh yeah, let's make moms vegan tamales, you know, or like, let's make moms vegan huaraches. And they probably won't even say it vegan because it's yeah. hopefully, maybe, if they choose to continue with the vegan lifestyle, you know, just be like, oh yeah, let's make that bonita, you know, mom's cookbook. Yeah. So um, yeah. that's what's dope. You know, I think before my mom passes on, I want to make sure that I capture all of her recipes um, and then transfer that into vegan recipes for my cookbook and then yeah. you know just the generations go on and on hopefully but uh, my sister and i are definitely the first to change the generational health in our family i've noticed that there's a couple of other things you're doing as well can you tell me a bit about the uh, healthy mommy club and you know what it is what yes. you all do <laughs> yeah healthy mommy club that really started because i started uh realizing that i have no other mom friends <laughs> like <laughs> that's only, that's really the reason why i started it because um i i don't know it could be just because i'm always like working i'm always up to something i don't really have a social life with like other friends who are moms so that's really the inspiration behind having that event um i just wanted to meet other moms who are interested in their health and um, just create community, you know? I think I didn't see the, I don't see the community around me. So I figured why not just start it. And, and how, how did that go? Well, good. I mean, I'm looking to be consistently host those probably on a monthly basis. So I'm hoping that, well, I don't know. We'll see, like if it grows, cool. Um, something to look forward to, you know, I just want to make yeah. sure that we have community here and um, my kids have a sense of community and, you know, these people don't have to be vegan, but if they are, that'd mm -hmm. be cool too. Because yeah. we are, we don't have vegan like kid friends. So mm. it'd be dope to like maybe influence people feel influenced and want to be vegan after hanging out with us. I'm curious, like, uh, I've met a lot of different people that are vegan, right? Uh, and everybody seems to have a different idea as to how to, you know, influence others or expose others to veganism, right? Like, mm -hmm. I know, I know some people that are really into the activism thing, and they go out and they oh, hand out pamphlets, oh and that, right? And, and that's that. just not, that's not me. But I mean, yes. by all means, that's them. And that that works for them, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I've always found that the best thing for me was like when I was still in school, I, you know, I, I had a lot of, I'd invite a lot of my coworkers and, and, and just friends from school, uh, over I'd pour some tequila and have some beer and I'd cook for them. Right. Not that I'm a great cook, but I'd cook some vegan food for them. Right. Um, and they loved it. So that's what I found has kind of helped me expose people right. to, I guess the delicious food, right. That, that you can, yeah. that you can have as a, as a vegan. I'm wondering what do you think is the best way to maybe, influence others or expose others to uh to vegan food and to veganism in general i love that i love that you said keyword expose because sometimes people don't have the exposure they don't know any different and that's why i don't like i don't do that activism approach because i 
I think it can come off as very in your face or um, I'm right, you're wrong. And I personally am turned off by that. I don't like that. And I wouldn't want to impose a, a lifestyle on someone else. So in my approach is just, as I mentioned previously, and I think what has gotten uh, me to participate in these different opportunities, just being myself. And thanks to the internet and growing up in the internet age, I just, well, actually shout out to the people who I cook for because they shouted me out. And that's how like my audience started growing. People were getting exposed to my food content and that's how the ball was rolling. And then, you know, the cooking classes and all that. So I think just uh, being being myself and um, just doing what I do, sharing my stuff and people hopefully will try it, you know? I'm also curious to know a bit about, was the name of it Swipe Club? Yeah. Can you tell me a bit about Swipe Club? Swipe Club, shout out to Swipe Club. <laughs> yes, so first off, shout out to my cousin too, Elliot Ramirez, AKA DJ RQ. Yeah, that, that really started because for personal reasons, um, you know, I, I'm a mom of two and I was like, hey, like, let me go explore the dating scene. <laughs> So I was documenting my experience um, on this podcast with my cousin mm -hmm. and I was just sharing, we were kind of being vulnerable and like, we take it deep, you know, we're like, so how does dating work when you have children? Like, when do you tell someone that you have children without like, and it sounds from like someone who doesn't have children, that may sound kind of wrong. Like, yo, like, are you going to hide the fact that you have children? Or, <laughs> you know? But it's it's kind of weird because like it's it, it's interesting. Yeah. But you know, as mentioned, being your authentic self is always great. You know. Yeah, I wanted to make that limited series because you know some things should remain private. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I hear you. But <laughs> I definitely appreciate you you know taking the time to sit down um and and talk to me. Yeah, this was so much fun. Thank you for uh letting me reflect and thank you so much for your sweet comment about like you feel like veganism will spread through people who influence others on the internet and you kind of just ignited something in me it's like it's sometimes you forget when you're in it you know thanks again to lorena for taking the time to sit down and share her story with beyond the kale you can find her on instagram at healthy Heina. now for any of you who don't know Heina, that's h-y and a and if you're looking to buy her ebook you can shoot her a message there you can also check her out on swipe club the podcast where lorena and her cousin elliot document their experiences as they explore the dating scene you can find that on all major streaming platforms just search swipe club and when you search make sure you type it in as one word with no space between the swipe and club i'll be sure to include all of that in our show notes now as far as this podcast goes you can find beyond the kale on instagram facebook and twitter at beyond kale pod feel free to follow us on any of those social media platforms and wherever it is you go to get your podcasts and of course thank you all very much for listening we have more episodes on the way so please definitely come back and check them out